interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello, everyone, and hello, humans, and welcome to Not a Robot's Marvel Comics Weekly Review Show. Today, we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been a minute. And I was just about to say, today we're going to talk about just all kinds of stuff. We uh, we missed a bunch uh, of time in the middle here. We had an extended break, but now we're back and we're ready to talk some comic books. Uh, I'm going to start off, start at the top by saying this episode is going to be a little bit less structured than we're used to. This is really just uh, Brandon and I sitting on a couch talking comics for a little while. Uh, <laughs> um, but my name is Kirk, and I'm the Sorcerer Supreme of Himbos. And I'm joined by a uh, lovely and esteemed judge with me today. We've got Brandon. Uh, if it seemed like we were away for a while, it's just because I was in the mirror dimension <laughs> for two months. But it's, uh, it's, it's all good. Doctor Strange came in, bailed me out, and uh, we're, we're, we're here to read, critique, stuff. and review Marvel's weekly releases without any interference from the publisher. If you like our show, you can find us on Twitter at NotARobotComics. And I'm there, too, at Kirk Hopko. We'll answer show mail sent to notarobotcomics at gmail.com. And before we get going, I just want to say thank you to all our listeners. Like, download, and share our episodes. We can get more listeners and keep bringing you more of the content you love. If you want to support us financially, you can head to buymeacoffee.com slash narpodcasts. You can be added to our Discord for even more comic discussions as well as other random topics every week. We get into all sorts of arguments over there. It's actually a pretty good time. If you want to learn the, about the rest of the Not A Robot Podcast shows, head to notarobotpodcasts.com. So before we dive into this week's comics, is there any big news that we want to cover? Uh, whew, man, I mean, there's definitely been a hell of a lot of news, you know, in the, in comics in the past uh, couple months. But at least for some of the most recent stuff of, you know, the past week or so, uh, there have been a couple new things um, that I, I think are, are interesting, at least comic wise. Um, we are getting a new Thunderbolt series, a mini series in uh, May, I believe. Um, and, uh, when I saw the lineup, I had to laugh <laughs> because it was, um, not, not silly in, in any way. It just, it was, it seemed like for some of these characters, at least such a, uh, such a downgrade. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, I'll being, uh, uh, obtuse about it, but, um, this is a, yes, a new five issue miniseries featuring the Thunderbolts, um, from writer Jim Zub with art from Shani Zasuke who uh, I guess, according to the article they put out on Newsarama, had done a couple issues of the previous Thunderbolt series. Um, so this is the first time they get to launch it for themselves. Um, and uh, apparently <clears throat> this is going to follow the um, new Thunderbolts team that uh, I guess are going to be taking the, um, the trademark back from Kingpin, um, who previously held on mm -hmm. to the trademark during King and Black, if I remember correctly, um, and uh, features the cast of, and uh, I, I hope you're ready for this, um, Hawkeye, which makes sense, <clears throat> seeing as how he was uh, on the original Thunderbolts, Spectrum, a.k.a. Monica Rambo, America Chavez, Power Man, Persuasion, and two new characters that they're going to bring. And I, I had to laugh looking at 
at uh, uh, Monica Rambo and uh, America because I was like, they were on like the ultimates, you know, the the elite of the elite, you know, the super powerful cosmic team, and now they're like slumming it with the Thunderbolts, where you know Baron Zemo and all the other dregs of villain society <laughs> were hanging out. So I don't know. I just I looked at that and I laughed. I was like, this feels like feels like such a downgrade. It's like going from you know power. Yeah, uh, I thought it's Avengers a super weird lineup. Also, because I think Hawkeye is the only one on that team. Actually, I don't know much about Persuasion's backstory, but I think Hawkeye's the only one on that team who's actually been a villain. Yeah, neither do I. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, pretty much everyone else is maybe they've had more destructive moments, but I don't know that any of them have ever been villainous. So, yeah, this is this is kind of interesting. It's, you know, it's a very seems like a very um superhero focused a version of the Thunderbolts. Yeah, but it still had the weird tagline of like redeeming justice um, as fast as lightning or something like that. Yeah. yeah I don't know. It's uh, I honestly it's feel weird. though it's funny that you mentioned yeah. like the Monica Rambo in America Chavez being on the ultimates, the elite of the elites, which is 100% right. Uh but I always feel like America Chavez because of her origins um, and sort of her weird relationship with characters of different power levels that she always ends up on the weirdest teams. Cause she goes from young Avengers to, Oh, she was on a different team for a minute there, but then she was on the West coast Avengers, but then she was on the ultimates like, and she was on yeah, the West coast Avengers. Oh Cause she knew Kate from the young Avengers. Think... Like, yeah, pretty much. So it was like a favor basically. <laughs> Um, cause you know, I, I mean, just looking at her, her power set, she's <laughs> like way, I would say way too powerful for, you know, a, a, a seal, what we would generously call a sealist of you. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just interesting. I, cause I think, I think the other team that you might be thinking of, and maybe I'm wrong. She, but, yeah. Um, she was on the A force for a minute. I think which I, I remember, I think. Yeah, I think I think she was on A Force with like Captain Marvel and some of the other female heroes of the Marvel universe, which made sense. Um, especially, you know, doing that and the Ultimates, like that was both of those teams were very like cosmic cosmic focused. Um but yeah, going from like but yeah, go going from like that to, you know, West Coast Avengers where you're fighting a giant tigra and oh. modok as like a surfer what was it muscular organism vampires. designed it only for kissing like, <laughs> this is <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah i was like yeah modok or rodok or something like that it was it was it was hilarious but it was just like wow and then like how, how far we she was fallen. on the was she on the a-force lineup with like um she hulk carol medusa dazzler Yeah, that yeah, was a really was cool roster. Like that, I think. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, no, and that, and so the, I think like that A Force and Ultimates were definitely super fitting for her. Um, whereas you know the the more unconventional teams, I would say Young Avengers probably worked. You know, definitely because that was like a very um, YA, no pun intended. Ha ha ha! Young <laughs> Avengers YA. Someone had to make that joke. Um, um, that yeah, it was a very like you know young adult focused book, so it kind of made sense with that generation. But um, 
yeah, it's uh, I, I don't know. I'm I'm at least interested to see you know what her and Monica and uh, mm-hmm. and I do wonder the, the if the new character that they're introducing, the sort of cyborg android combat guy, uh, what's the name? Guts and Glory. I I wonder if he's gonna be like sort of <laughs> maybe the puzzle piece that we're missing for why this team is a Thunderbolts team. <clears throat> Yeah, maybe he kind of seems like a. I mean, just looking at the, um, the, the design that we're given, kind of seems like you know that kind of American soldier type of character, but not not like a Captain America, more like a nuke or something, you know, kind of more jingoistic in your face. We can just than bravado and that sort of thing. So maybe we can just say he he's nineties as hell, here. right? Like. Yeah, oh, definitely. Oh, my God. With in the, the single shoulder pad. Yeah, he... <laughs> Jesus. I mean, it's it's weird because I, I don't know. Like, it's, something's kind of been in my my brain lately. It must have been, like, something in the water for me. But I, I just... I've been on this weird, like, 90s image tear. Um, and maybe it's because the 30th anniversary is this year. But, like, I, I basically, since... Since probably September of last year, I have just been on a mission to collect all the first, I guess, miniseries. Because technically, before they became continuing series, they were miniseries. But I've been on like a mission to collect all the miniseries of the original like seven image books. So I have first four issues of Wildcats, first four issues of Cyberforce. I'm working on getting the first four of Youngblood. Yes, you heard me right. Youngblood by Rob Liefeld. I've got the, the first... Two issues sitting in my uh, one of my shirt boxes upstairs, um, and I haven't read them yet. I'm like I've read I've read Wildcats and um, Cyberforce and uh, Spawn, but Youngblood is the one I've been holding out on because I'm kind of scared. <laughs> Every time I flip through it, it's like oh no, um, like it's it's just like everything you would expect from Liefeld just taken to the extreme, um, and then uh, I'm. I'm looking for agony shadowhawk but yeah I've, I've been on like a weird 90s image kick lately so i don't know Th- this costume is maybe my brain is just broken but mm-hmm. this costume's kind of working um for me. i also i just looking through the news on this i just saw a variant cover for the thunderbolts that if it if it's accurate it might explain mm-hmm. why this roster is so weird because it shows uh john walker saying i want you for the thunderbolts but it's oh. graffitied over with purple paint so that John Walker is Hawkeye. And it says, down with Fisk, Hawkeye wants uh. you for the real Thunderbolts. So this might be Hawkeye's team to go uh. against what Fisk's doing with his weird Black Ops Thunderbolts. It might be like a Thunderbolts versus Thunderbolts. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. But it'll be nice to see, you know, what what Clint's been up to lately, because um, I don't I don't really know that he's had kind of his own stuff going on in any major way since the yeah. um, Freefall since since Freefall. I don't two years ago. I think he, cause um, he's not he's not in Aaron's Avengers at all, and he's no no, and he's, and he's not, not in the, the Widow um, series, Hawkeye, Kate Bishop series. I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's been around. Yeah, yeah. So it, maybe this will uh, 
be some kind of an interesting thing for, for Clint to do, you know, taking on a, a Thunderbolts team for his own, not just kind of being brought in as the leader. So, um, yeah, no, that's uh, I'm, I don't know, like, I'm cautiously excited for it to see, you know, what they what they might do. And, and the, I think, if anything, the lineup is interesting enough to um, just kind of get me reading. Mm-hmm. For, it's uh, a roster like, that I'm definitely happy to read a comic about. If if it didn't, if it wasn't called Thunderbolts, I would have had zero questions. I would have just been in. Um, it being called Thunderbolts is the yeah. only reason that oh, gave man. me pause because it's just like a weird, weird team to sort of co-opt for this team. But I'm, but I trust them, and oh, yeah, you know definitely. what? Like I like, I like all of these recurring characters or returning characters. I'm a fan of. Uh, I like Hawkeye. I like. Uh, America Chavez. I love Monica Rambo. Uh, Power Man. We haven't seen the the new Power Man in a lot of runs, especially lately. Yeah, no, really, really not since like New Avengers. I think it was during the all new, all different stuff. And I really like he he and um, and um, White Tiger had like a really cool dynamic and. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 like you said, I, I, I'm interested in this roster, and I hope they can kind of do more interesting stuff with mm-hmm. these characters. Yeah. So you guys uh, listening out there, you can catch our review of Thunderbolts number one sometime in May. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, and we'll see uh, how the big debut of this uh, very strange lineup goes. Um, that i i only just had one more thing um marvel is uh, is uh, trying once again to revive the 2099 initiative or logo or something and and we'll see how it goes this time tried it a little bit ago with the amazing spider-man thing that nick spencer was doing and i I don't think it quite took off the way that they wanted it to um because they they basically just kind of put that (laughs) to rest and then no one really talked about it um but uh yeah this is a you know new 2099 series um which is i guess i don't know marvel is this weird thing where it's like they have formal events that are you know a designated series like uh devil's reign right now is a six issue miniseries that's separate and then they'll have like other events that are kind of spinning out of a one shot or something like the outlawed thing where it's like you have an outlawed one shot and then all these mini series that spin out of it. So I guess this is a little bit of that where they have the Spider-Man 2099 Exodus number one, one shot. And then spinning out of that is a five issue um, 2099 uh, Spider-Man 2099 series from uh, Steve Orlando and um, a different artist for each issue. Um, and then after that, there will be, I guess, a kind of wrap up issue an Omega issue, um, that'll, you know, finish off the entire thing in, uh, I, 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 I didn't look at it too closely. I'll, I'll look at the article, but I, I think it might just be a, a one month thing. Like it yeah. might be a weekly thing. I'm it, not it's sure. funny. I gotta like, it, it's super weird. Cause I'm getting the vibes of the Darkhold series from this where they did Darkhold Alpha, and then they did Darkhold yeah. Wasp, Darkhold Blade, Darkhold Black Bolt, Darkhold Spider-Man, Darkhold Iron Man, and then they did Darkhold Omega. Yep. So it was a start and end and five issues in the middle. 
Um, except I really hate that structure yeah. in not in terms of like how the actual story was presented. Because uh, Darkhold ended up being, eh, it was fine. Um, that's that's really my entire review for Darkhold. Yeah, but there was no reason it it couldn't have been Darkhold <laughs> one two three four five six. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's just it's weird. They have like this structure now where it's yeah, you basically have like a um, I guess a, a a book start, a chapter one followed by a series of one shots and then a book end. Um, and it's, I mean, I don't even know where that model came from, to be honest. I, the only, the earliest example I can think of, and I mean, again, I, I could be wrong. Um, I'm, there's an earlier example um, is uh, in 2015. And uh, Rob, if you're listening to this, you'll be smiling. Uh, DC did a series mm-hmm. that I'm sure you've heard of called Multiversity. Um, which was basically just, you know, looking at the multiverse and, and all that stuff. And, and there's a lot more intricate plot details, but I won't get into it. But that was the first time I remember looking at a structure that was like, okay, multiversity, number one, and then a different one shot for each different chapter. And then multiversity, number two, as the end. And then that was the whole series. And it was like such a weird structure. And I think it worked for that one because it was jumping between worlds. But I mean... Honestly, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of with you on this one where I don't, I don't really understand why it can't just be one, two, three, four, five, six with just a different focus for each mm-hmm. issue. I don't think people are going to really complain about that. Maybe they're expecting that some people are just going to read one issue and not read another or. Yeah. And I, see, I, I and that's know. really where my issue strange. comes down to because it, it really, it plays off of Marvel's fixation with number ones. Uh, and I don't yeah. know if this is a crime as much in DC as it is in Marvel, but Marvel loves putting number ones on as many things as possible. They adore putting number ones on as many things as possible. It's and like, specifically, they put number ones obsessive. on... I, the, I, I should probably go and count. I bet in 2021, they put a number one on more than 100 issues that did not have a number two. Because between oh, I'm, solo I'm runs, <laughs> annuals, giant um, sizes, everything, planet size, all of those things, they'll do Darkhold uh, <laughs> Wasp number one. There is never going to be a number two. It doesn't need a number if there's only one. No. Yeah, you could. I don't know. It, it's it's very strange. Like. I mean, it's it's very clear what they're doing, right? You get a number one, someone's interested, oh, all that stuff, and you have the whole speculator market of people who want the you know precious number ones. But I I don't know, it's it's it's, it's very silly, um, and it 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 just like reeks of we just need this mm-hmm. thing to sell. But as someone whose job it is, or not actual job, but whose idealized version of his job is to convince people to read comic books and explain to them how to read comic books and demystify comic books. I hate it so much. Yeah, it, oh God, it makes such a pain in the like, ass. And it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to even think that what it's going to look like, you know, five, six, seven, fifteen 15 years from now when they're, I mean, God, I hope not, but you know, like, 15 different number ones you know and you tell someone um 
so you want to start with Daredevil? Well, you're going to have to go to the, the Volume 1 series from 1964. But if you want to read something that's a little bit more contemporary, you're going to have to go to the Volume 3 series from 2004. But if you're looking for the most recent one, you're going to have to go to the Volume 12 series from, you know, 2023. And it's like, oh, my God, this is just painful to just wrap your head around especially right and because like you know newer some of my favorite advice to give people when when i see people on on reddit saying like hey i want to start with some comic books i'm gonna get marvel unlimited where do i go uh i'm a big fan of guardians of the galaxy what i can say clear as day is hey boot up marvel unlimited search guardians of the galaxy and then click guardians of the galaxy uh 2016 and just start at guardians of the galaxy 2016 number one and then go from there it, that's a good starting point, and when you finish that yeah. one, you can go right into the Guardians of the Galaxy 2018, because that's the next one. And then you can go right into 2020, because that's the next one. <laughs> yes. um, and you'll start at number one a few times, and that's a little confusing. Yep. But I can explain that well enough. That kind of works. What I... Yeah. What I dread the thought yeah, of having I, to I, explain I, is losing the ability to tell people to start with number ones. Because last year, Giant Size Spider-Man number one was the part five finale oh of the King's Ransom uh, mini event from the Amazing Spider-Man comic. Yeah. And there was and no like reason to call that a number one. You cannot start there. You shouldn't. It was literally the finale. That's where we see Boomerang come to the no. end of his <laughs> redemption arc. And the whole thing comes together. Yeah, God help you if you were just like, say you walked into a store and you're like, oh, hey, I just want to pick up a, you know, fun one and done Spider-Man story. And you see giant size, it, it's whatever. It's number one. Oh, it... This looks like it'll be, you know, fun and enjoyable. And it, and it's it's literally the end of it. And you're like, what exactly. The, what the hell is it going on? It literally starts with Spider-Man calling up a bunch of the old Avengers and being like, hey, I need help. And them helping him do the finale <laughs> of his story. Yeah. And if you... It makes no sense to start there. It shouldn't be yeah. a number one. And, it, it... and then we get stuff like Darkhold, where I have to tell people, no, do not start with Darkhold Wasp number one. That's the third book in the series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's, uh, it is. Yeah, it, it's, it's just a mess. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, don't, don't even get me started on, on the... Some of the recent relaunches they've been doing, where it's just like, oh my god, why are you why are you doing this again with Spider Man and Daredevil? Even though they're continuing the plot points of the same series, they're literally just relaunching it because they have a legacy issue coming up, like an important legacy issue coming up, um, and they just want that extra bump so you can have, you know, maybe in the corner the legacy numbering of oh, it's the eight hundred and seventy fifth issue but it's also a number one and it's big which means that you know it's probably important and has a lot for you to read and you know is a, a great place to start and i don't know it's just like it's uh so it's so hilarious i think the the funniest thing to me was when they you know officially announced that uh, daredevil was going to get a relaunch after devil's reign and everyone was clowning on it because there's like there's literally no point in calling this a number one just call it 37 it's the same series the same team it, it makes no sense to relaunch the book mm-hmm. if you're not changing anything about like, it. And I do love the idea of when they when they relaunched the number one with like the Electra Daredevil Woman Without Fear. 
but like i don't know i feel like there's just yeah. better ways to articulate that to your audience oh definitely and it's i mean again i just i i i almost feel bad for anyone who you know comes into this new daredevil series like oh this you know new series must be a new direction i don't really i shouldn't really need any kind of you know um background knowledge or anything like i should just be able to come into this clean and then you're gonna be i you know my expectation is you're gonna read that first issue and you'll be like what what devil's reign what what's all this stuff and it's gonna be like oh yeah go read issues one through 36 and also the six issue devil's reign series and also uh daredevil woman without fear and any of the other extra stuff that you need to know to understand this number one even though a number one is supposed to be a clean break but that just like uh I, yeah i i feel bad for anyone who's who's thinking that this mm-hmm. is gonna be a fresh start because it's not it's gonna require quite a bit yeah of no background it's knowledge. and like it's funny that you talked about with like the legacy issues what what was it was it the moon knight 2016 run that goes from issue 16 to 193 yeah because they wanted to switch back to legacy number yeah. to hype oh up the God. issue 200 they wanted to switch back yeah they wanted to switch back to the legacy numbering because they had the whole marvel legacy thing so everything back to its legacy numbering and you know spider-man jumped from like 20 something to 794 right you know like, what the fuck it's just like was i supposed to read all these other 700 issues um yeah i don't know mm-hmm. it's uh it's crazy so man. that was us just uh dunking on marvel's uh number strategies <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, but, a, it's a long way from and I think 2099 as far as I've read is going to do the same thing because 2099 they're doing an alpha issue which probably means they're doing an omega issue and I bet in the middle there they're doing because I saw they yep. teased Ghost Rider 2099 and I think Winter Soldier 2099 I saw I think so yeah Oh, I think so. Um, I will say the design for Winter Soldier 2099, I like the look of. Just, I don't know. It was was cool. Hmm. Um, But now we can just dive into some comics. We can just talk about what we've been reading. Like I said at the top of the episode, this is going to be unstructured. It's really going to be Brandon and I just riffing on stuff that either finished up or started (laughs) really during the, or continued through uh, during our extended hiatus. Uh, I don't know if you'll get as many structured, like, this one's a gem, this one's garbage, 7 out of 10, uh, as you will just, yeah, I'm glad I spent time with this, but we'll see where it goes. Um, Brandon, do you have anywhere that you want to start, or do we... Because I've got a few written down here that I can just dive in on. Man, um, I mean, yeah, I guess it's good that you have some written down, because, yeah... Well, I I think we can start with... Uh, one of the big ones that that ended during that time that we were really talking about for a long time is, and this is going to be old news now for a lot of our fans, but Inferno finished up. Yeah. Oh Hickman, my God. Hickman's what time a, on the X Men is over. Um. Yeah, and it's, it's um, you know, it's 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 a weird bittersweet thing where um, you know, when when we. I think Jonathan Hickman first announced that he was the line. I was, you know, I, I was, I was, I was pretty bummed. I was pretty upset about it. Um, 
that sounds very dramatic, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of a bummer because, you know, he'd really kind of ushered in this whole new age and for him to just be leaving the line, especially when it, you know, felt like it was starting to lose steam and it really needed direction, you know, someone like his direction. It just, it, I don't know, it, something about that felt just kind of bad. Um, but I think Inferno at least left a lot on the table for the line to work with that I think is going to be really interesting, especially in regards to, um, you know, Orcus and, and uh, the reveal with um, Karima, the um, Omega Sentinel and all that stuff. I mean, that's like, you know, that's storylines for years. And then of course they still have the children of the vault stuff that they, you know, haven't really gotten into. Mm-hmm, so absolutely. To work with and I think, my favorite thing about the Inferno arc is because there was a lot of, like, from as early as they announced it, there was rampant speculation on if this is the big finale, does that mean we're losing the status quo? Like, is Krakoa over? Was was on yeah. some people's minds. Yeah. Um, and then... Sp- mm. No, go ahead. There was a, There was a... Oh, sorry. They, I was just going to say, there's a moment in Inferno where I, I legitimately thought that was going to happen. Where um, not rare that I'll, I'll read something and be like, oh my god. It, holy, what did you just do? Um, but there's that there's that moment in Inferno where, um, you know, I, I guess spoilers, but it's been out for a little while now, so if you haven't read it already, go read it. It's, it's, it's really something. Um, but yeah, there's a moment in Inferno where um, Sorry, not Moira. Mystique is is basically getting ready to shoot Moira, and then does. And for like you know five or six panels, it just goes straight to white. And you're like, oh my god, the world is about to be rebooted. I actually had to stop reading for a second because I was like, oh holy shit, this this is it. It's over. Um, But no, it it looks like there's there's still a lot in the you know age Mm -hmm. of Krakoa. Yeah, and not only did I really like that, but I liked that in almost the exact opposite and not to say that Krakoa will last forever. Cause we don't know. And cause things change all the time, but I think it was really powerful to use that, that moment of suspense of Holy crap. They just ended Krakoa. They just shot Moira. What comes next? Yeah. But actually what Hickman did on that page was he shot the reset button because yeah. he took away that element now no matter what if moira dies the world doesn't reset he essentially answered everyone's fears of is krakoa over by taking away the only big thing we know could definitely take it away yeah and and you know restart everything from scratch you know i mean i mean yeah basically wipe the slate clean and you know, get back to a, a nice, cozy status quo because I, I think, yeah, the way that you put it is is probably the best way to put it. In that, you know, should um, their time on Krakoa ever come to an end, and going to be some clean, you know, wipe away or anything like that, where you know Moira will die and everything is reborn in, in a nice and, and um, clean slate. Like if Krakoa you know, burns down, it's going to be messy and it's, it's going to be something that they live with for a long time. Like they're not just going to forget about it or anything. So I think that, um, 
you know, is, is something that for me at least was really uh, exemplified by that last page where, you know, you basically have the quiet council who now know everything that Charles and, um, and Eric did <clears throat> basically having to live with those secrets for the rest of their lives. Right. So they built this, this temple of lies and secrets, and now they have to sit and live in it forever. Mm-hmm. It's like haunting. Yeah. And I, and I do like it. I love that the the final thought of Krakoa is essentially that Krakoa is going to stay for a while. Um, that we didn't all lose our minds over yeah. House and Powers of X for for eighteen months of dope comics, and then just reset it back to stories about gifted youngsters. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm really happy about that. And um, again, I I just you know I I love the weird kind of because um, I I just I love you know analyzing this stuff in depth. And I just I love the kind of weird, almost anti symmetry that this has between you know House of of X number six and Inferno number four, where you know, that one is is very hopeful and it's like you know if the humans come, let them come. We've built our paradise and. We should be proud of what we what we as the mutant collective have accomplished and now it's like yes you built that and mm-hmm. here's the fucking price right you built it with all these secrets and now everyone knows and they have to live with that right they have to live with the knowledge that you kept all of this shit from them for so long and tried to run the island with all these backroom deals and secrets and stuff and and basically you know keep that from the rest of the people on the island because now it's not just Charles and Eric's secrets. It's all their secrets that they have to keep from, you know, the rest of the unsuspecting mutant population. That's terrifying, which is, I think, as me, the most excited for uh, Immortal X-Men, which is going to be a book that's focused on the Quiet Council and the ramifications of having to live with those secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because that's the thing. We're getting a book that later this year of Magneto leaving the Quiet Council. Um yeah yeah no i i genuinely recommend inferno um as a run i think it's a if you've been reading even odds and ends of x-men x-force x-factor excalibur new mutants cable wolverine any of the you know the first 18 months of krakoa um way of x god there's so many uh marauders hellions (laughs) If you've been reading those, hopping in and out of Krakoa, Inferno's a good place to uh, to enjoy a good story and then prepare for uh, a bit, honestly, more of the same. It like The end of it kind of establishes that the big upset is that there will be no big upset. <laughs> yes, yeah. Just, just that they, they basically have to live in this with this horrible guilt for the rest of their time on Krakoa, but they're still there. Um, so yeah, that's why, again, that's why I think it's like this weird anti-symmetry thing where, you know, the status quo is, is not changed, right? They're still there. They still find themselves in the same place, but it's a, it's a darker, more twisted, more secretive, um, I would say almost inverted, just kind of 
messier, morally messier mm -hmm. version of what they had originally. Where everything was built on hope and looking forward to the future. This is like, it's still, you know, that same setting, but it's less so on hope and more like, oh, we got to keep this shit under lock and key and make sure that no one ever finds out. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see where this next phase of the, the saga of Krakoa goes next, you know, whether that means a greater divide between the, the council and the home team in New York or, um, you know, more of the people on the island itself just becoming more untrustworthy of it. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff that they've got to mine from that mm -hmm. for a while. Yeah. Um, sticking around on Krakoa for a bit, because there's, there's no shortage of mutant-related titles. I feel like we can do a, a quick X-Desk cleanup <laughs> no. here. Because um, uh, also oh, in the past couple months, The Trial of Magneto finished up. I'm not going to spend too much time on that one. It did get weak in the middle, which we talked about on the air a couple months ago. Um, and as far as the ending yeah. goes, I was not disappointed in the ending. Um, well, I was. The the ending the ending did exactly what it needed to do, but yeah, it money, felt a little felt unearned. Um, and we joked about this in like issue number three, but by issue number five, holy smokes, Trial of Magneto <laughs> is the worst titled uh, run of potentially the last oh my god, yeah, god knows how long, because this there is no trial, literally, and it's not sense. about Magneto, like. At all. At all. <laughs> He's a footnote. I think he shows up again in the last issue. He gives a brief, like, soliloquy about grief or change or whatever the hell he was talking mm -hmm. about, and then just kind of disappears. Oh, and then we get the explanation as to how one yeah. actually killed her. I do like the way that even though it doesn't restore Wanda as a mutant, which I'm still a little disgruntled about, um, I do like the way that it restores her as someone important to the history of mutant kind. Um, because it felt like, yeah, yeah. Now she's like a yeah messianic figure, basically. She's the new. She's the new. Instead of being the the creepy boogeyman that Bill. Well, that's about, yeah. She gave an ability to restore mutants who were not copied into Cerebro. They can now be resurrected. She is literally ushered in the next age of mutant resurrection through her gifts. And she was a founding member of Magneto's Brotherhood. She deserves a spot in the legacy of Krakoa. She didn't deserve to be the boogeyman. Um, especially because House of M wasn't that great an event. Um. <laughs> oh. Everyone loves to talk about it, but it's, I don't know. For me, it's its just kind of lackluster. It was an interesting concept, but it, yeah, it's just kind of, you're like, uh, once you finish it, you're kind of mm -hmm. like, yeah. And then, I was. but as far as the run goes, uh, you know, if you got time and you want, you're, you like Scarlet Witch, read it on Marvel Unlimited. It'll get dull in the middle, but it, it does some cool stuff. You're like, if you like Wanda, it, it's, yeah. I th I'd say it's worthwhile. If, if you, could give a pass on Wanda. I don't know that it goes enough other places. Um, yeah, it's um, at least for my money, I would say I don't know because I, 
you know, I still think there was a lot within those first two um, parts that worked. That it was like, oh, this is you know, kind of a cool mystery, and and that was early on when I thought it was actually going to focus on the person <laughs> who's in the fucking title, Magneto. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. It, like I said, I think it it did what it needed to do. Was it entirely effective? Not really. Was it earned? Not really. But it got there. There's some interesting stuff that I think they'll be able to play with, especially with Cerebro um, moving forward and Wanda being a, you know, an important redeeming figure within the mutant community. But other than that, yeah, I don't, I don't know that there's, I don't know that there's a lot memorable to say. Mm-hmm. About it. Right on. Well, um, over the past two months, um, if you've been paying attention to any of the long-running X-Men series, like just X-Men or Marauders, um. Hellions came to a close in the past couple months. Uh, you know, I, I feel like if you've been a fan of those, I think the quality, like, I'm not going to spend too much time on any one particular issue or storyline. If you've been a fan of how Marauders was going, it's still good. If you were a fan of uh, how the X, the new X-Men run is going, I think it's still good. I like it. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on sort of the ongoings, but there are there are two of the... Or, three of the new mutant titles that have come out in the new year that I want to talk about. But before I get ahead of myself, do you want to say anything on X-Men or any of the other ongoings? Have you been following any of those diligently? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I've just kind of, um, I mean, the, I, I, I feel like such a stereotypical um, comic nerd saying this, but really the one that I was keeping up with the most mm-hmm. was X-Men. This is X-Men. <laughs> How could how could you not? Um, but um, yeah, I know. I, I I walk into my store every week, and it's like whenever they have X Men and Spider Man, I, I leave the store feeling just like the most basic <laughs> fan you could have. Like, yep, I got my X Men and my Spider Man. That's all I need. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I've kind of been following some of it in bits and pieces. I, I had kind of fallen off of. Um, marauders and um new mutants but I, i've slowly been catching back up with those and then i did read the annual that they put out which is kind of setting the stage for the new run that they're launching this year um and then yeah, like i said x-men um still catching up on new mutants and um um what's the oh the um the wolverine mm-hmm. weekly series um i have kind of fallen behind on that one. I read the first two issues for X lives and X deaths, but I, I, I've, I've kind of fallen off. So I'm, I'm kind of debating whether I'll, you know, catch up. If we'll just, you know, we'll just do kind of a full review of, of that one. Um, Cause I think the, the parts that were really interesting to me was really just X deaths, which was basically picking up on Moira exactly after the end of Inferno four. Whereas X lives is really just, you know, Wolverine's secret past. And I don't know, I'm not the biggest Wolverine fan, honestly. So that was just kind of boring for me. I, I like the idea of it. And I think it, if you are a fan of, of old, uh, the old knucklehead um i think you'll like it i think it'll probably have a lot of satisfying stuff for you 
and that it's just a really kind of grounded, you know, Wolverine from beginning to end type of story. But uh, I don't know. I'm just like I said, I'm not that interested. So I might I might just keep up with X deaths because it doesn't really seem, at least right now, it doesn't seem like it's not like House of X and Powers of Ten where they were very closely intertwined. It seems like X deaths I can kind of just read on its own and just mm-hmm. follow the. Yeah. Um. I, what I will say is X Lives has so far felt. Maybe a little too anthology for me. Because it's not an anthology. Well, mm. it's... At least... I, I don't know how to describe it. Because like, it's really just showing moments from Wolverine's lives when... Oh, Wolverine lost his memory and served in the military for a bit. And oh, he was in Japan for a while. And oh, here's yeah. him fighting a, like, a non-cyborg Omega Red. Like... We we get stuff going on. It's cool. It's neat. The art is gorgeous. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, um, you know, but I'm all that you. said, yeah, I haven't I haven't been hooked. X deaths I am more interested in. Um so I'm gonna keep those going. Um but one that I wanted to talk about, because e- um there's only been one issue of this one, so you can count this as sort of an issue review. Sabretooth number one. Yeah, I was I was very uh, surprised by this one. I was I was interested to see what he was actually going to be up to in the pit, but I think I was I was definitely um, I was I was definitely very pleasantly surprised with this one, and I'm 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 kind of stoked to see just how build out this this hell. Yeah, Sabretooth's issue number one surprised the crap out of me, mostly because I didn't think. I don't yeah. think any comic that has had Sabretooth as the lead character has really um, like won me over in a long time. I think when he was in charge of Weapon yeah. X-Force, yeah. Um, I, I think I enjoyed that for a bit. Because like it was, what was it? It was like him, Deathstrike, and Omega Red doing like ridiculous missions for a minute there. Um, which was cool. So I was not going into this expecting to be wowed by Sabretooth. Um, but without spoiling too much, the author took the concept of what if Sabretooth had the hollow deck? Yes. Oh my god. You don't know how long I've been waiting for someone to make that analogy. It's literally ripped right. It's literally ripped right out of Star Trek. It's it's what if Sabretooth had the hollow deck, and it somehow goes to really interesting places. Um, yeah. Um, but I I just I I for me at least I think I just I love the because I feel like the the metaphor of it is pretty obvious, but I think it works just in this era of you know if Krakoa is heaven on earth and the pit would naturally be hell and what do you do when hell has someone who actually kind of loves it there and and just kills forever and kind of enjoys the crap out of it and and has now proclaimed himself king um and possibly has some (laughs) some subjects who uh who might just be serving under him um yeah it's uh i don't know i I just like i said i I love that concept of like i you have this this heaven and hell dichotomy and you have saber tooth First person to go to hell, becoming its king, and uh, yeah, we'll, uh, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens next. Yeah, and I I love the notion that like Sabretooth, he he gets the hollow deck power of in his in his prison, and the first thing yeah. he does is he just uh, starts 
killing everyone who pissed him off over and over again. Of course. And then he decides that he needs to set his sights on something bigger, that petty vengeance is no longer fulfilling. And it's like, oh, is this some growth? And no, he just fashions himself an entire world to conquer. Just a a never-ending dearth of people for him to slaughter. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I just, I just, I just love that that like that was their idea for the pit, or that was Krakoa's idea for the pit. It's just like, yeah, let's just give him, you know, this endless, endless um supply of of VR people to slaughter right? well, forever. And... I'm sure that'll, I'm sure that'll help him redeem himself and and make him see the error. Of I'm his also ways. a huge fan of this sort of like underscored notion in this book because it did they did touch on it a bit in inferno that cypher and krakoa are going to be way more important to to certain events than i think some people give them credit for oh yeah definitely yeah especially in um inferno where you sort of see cypher just like um I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in a very indelicate way, but basically see Cipher pull his stuff out <laughs> and wag it all around because he kind of can now, um, because he's 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 Mister Boss Man over Krakoa and he can kind of just like you know flex his shit um, and uh, and really just basically call the shots. I don't think anyone would have you know anticipated him trying to even attempt to negotiate with Mystique you know 20 years ago but now he right. can kind of do that it's crazy so yeah he, he's come guys. a long way he's marrying big women and <laughs> I, I know uh, and i I, lo- I love the just i mean again going back to inferno i love that that was his thing where he's just like look you can try and you know fight me if you want but a is a pretty good fighter and she's my wife so if you want to fight her if you want to fight me you're gonna have to go through her and I don't do that. His wife is basically as heavy, and I love that. Right, uh, live live your best good. life, man. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the last, uh, I'm going to call it a mutant title because they are mutants. Um, that I really just want to touch on because I'm sure some people are going to have a very different opinion of this than me. Excellent. I haven't gotten to read that one yet. Um, How is it? It's is it excellent? It's weird. <laughs> yeah, Peter Milligan books. So I figured it had. Yeah, to off it's. The wall. I'm not gonna go too far into it. Like first, the art style is absurd, and there's more than one case of someone <laughs> just like organs falling out of their chest. And uh, it's just like right. a little weird, a little gross, super strange. The art is striking in both the best ways and like frustrating ways. Cause it, it just, some of it looks great because of the style. And then some of it looks like a mess because of yeah. the style choices. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
Mike Allred, who I, I, I like I said, I, I know the team behind the book and I know a little bit of the story of Ecstatics, but I, I just hadn't had the chance to, to read this one yet. Um, they've been hyping this one for a while and it's it was one of those books that kind of got put in um, in like the vault when the pandemic hit just because they couldn't really there were a number of books that they just I guess just couldn't put out because they weren't sure how they do and everything was still up in the air on whether or not they would even be able to sell books and everyone thought it was the end times and mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you all remember it was a whole thing but um, yeah no they've been hyping this up for a while and it's finally here and um, like I said I haven't gotten the chance to go through it yet but um, yeah I know I know um, yeah Peter Milligan and, and Mike Allred who usually are kind of a match made in heaven because Mike Allred's got that very like it's it's I, I don't even know how to describe it honestly it's so weird it's like like retro pop yes art very or something or it's it's yeah it's like sometimes it just feels hard to classify um because yeah Mike Allred uh, great guy um did a book called Mad Men uh, or Madman, um, which is kind of like a tribute to that kind of '60s, you know, pop style. But whether or not it works in the superhero stuff has always been kind of questionable. Like I remember seeing his Batman, and and it was like sometimes it's good, and sometimes you're like, oh, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know about this. <laughs> um, so yeah, I am. Um, I, like I said, I haven't got a chance to go through it yet, but um, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear it's sufficiently weird. I do I do like some of the weirder stuff, but how I, well I guess I should ask how how off the wall does it get? I'd say it starts pretty off the wall, but it's gonna get worse. <laughs> um, okay, it's okay. It, it's good, but it's it's also like because it's from X it's from a lit uh, it's from a tradition of X Men that is. What's what's lower than D-listers? Like, these are not characters anyone F knows unless, like... Yeah. Like, do not read this unless you're expecting to see... Don't read this if you're expecting to see a person you can name, honestly. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Because, like, we've got... Um, like... Mr. Sensitive, we've got the A, we've got Dupe, like, uh, like, there's just so much, so many weird choices for characters in this one. Um, yeah. And it, and it's fine and it gets weird and they, they're a super team, but they're like, not very good at it but it's they're not it you'll you'll just have to read it if it sounds like your cup of tea if something weird with some with very unique art uh (laughs) sounds like your cup of tea give it a try you'll uh you'll feel something by the end of it that's a that's that is a (laughs) a great uh yeah great um and then I think the last thing I've got for the X desk um, is a new one from this past week. That's uh, just a one shot that I don't know if you would have had time to read, but the secret X-Men. 
I did. Yes, it was. Um, it was fun. I wish they had pushed it a little bit more than they kind of did. Um, yeah, obviously you know, the whole roster is is basically just the X Men that didn't make it in the Hellfire Gala, and you know the moment I saw that I was like, oh, perfect! Like already this team. Like they're when they when they first lost, they were already jokes prior to this book even being in existence of like, man, you know, fuck a main team. These guys would be great on their own little team and, and um you know, here they finally get to to put that to the test. And I, I do think it works. I just I think for it to have been as effective, I think it just I think it needed to push it a little bit further. I think it needed a kind of a deeper story to really progress it um especially considering that you kind of need to have a little bit of background knowledge of everything that's going on with the shiar and that whole dynamic so if you were just kind of just looking for this team and you didn't really know anything about what's happening there it might be a little bit jarring for you so i think i think with a different story as its focus but with the same could probably work um better but um i i get the feeling that this was like a one and done thing they were just like uh yeah no we'll we'll let you have your fun for this one time but after that Mm -hmm. uh, honestly i think yeah you you really put it into great perspective i think the biggest sin of this entire book is that yeah everyone was saying man it would be so great if all these guys got a team but then this is just a one issue story it's a one shot where we're not getting any more issues of the secret x-men and I think that makes this as much as it makes it a fun, like, okay, guys, here you go. Here's your, here's your one shot dream team of all the, of all the people that, you know, many of you voted for. I think that makes it almost a disservice to that whole piece because first off, mm-hmm. we are looking at, you know, the, the X-Men elections, I would say would was a, a list filled with B and lower list mutants. I I, I won't I won't yeah, uh, yeah. detract from any person by saying that Boom Boom or Armor was B C or D. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna rank them. <laughs> I mean I think we can all kind of agree that that's yeah. I, but when you look at that list of X Men. They were looking for who's going to be the non-A-lister on the X-Men. Was really who we were voting for. Was, do y'all want to see Strong Guy on the (laughs) (laughs) X-Men? You want to see Tempo on the X-Men? Do you want to see Marrow? Just, you know, people that you would probably laugh at the idea of them ever being important, but mm-hmm. they have a chance. And then the problem is when, when everyone says this would be a cool comic to have them all together, because they're not wrong. Having a team like this is cool. Is the problem is when you put them all together is that's a lot of B and lower tier characters to try and remember anything about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> trying to remember what Boom Boom's relationship to Cannonball and Forge, because they know each other, and the comic writers do make, do have throwaway lines that imply that you should know what these two are talking about. But it's like, cool, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even know where to go to find Boom Boom's last appearance. Yeah, I think 
the recent new mutant yeah series, for, for okay boom boom was an easy one i guess but but some of these characters who are not new mutants like strong guy because he wasn't in x factor like yeah he hasn't no, really no. been in anything in krakoa yeah or, or you know John yeah marrow i don't i don't I so don't it really tests the limits of you as a comic reader to have all of these together in 30 pages and try to understand any of the team dynamic any of the character relationships if this was at least five issues and they yeah. could have spread out just a bit just enough so that armor could say a throwaway line that explains that she maybe used to hang out with so-and-so like because that's yeah, the other yeah. thing is a 30 page one shot if you were like oh man i'm so bummed that armor didn't make it into the x-men <laughs> guess what she gets seven lines of dialogue in this the <laughs> wow like this book doesn't scratch the itch of if you were sitting there wishing your favorite x-man won the election they they don't get elevated in this book i it's it's so funny to hear you say that because i'm thinking of of an interview that i listened to with jonathan hickman in 2019 like shortly after um uh, House and Powers had ended, and um, X Men I think was about to start. And he said that someone had told him once that people who read those series read them basically because they want their favorite character to do something, right? So they'll if they're re- if they're reading X Men, it's because they want to see you know Cyclops have his moment, or Storm have her moment, or you know Colossus have his moments. They basically they read these books for their favorite character because they want that character to have his or her or their moment mm-hmm. in the sun. And if, I feel like for a book like this, you're going to have a lot of people reading it for that reason. Like, I want to see, you know, strong guy have his his little moment where he can finally be recognized as an important character or, you know, forge or um, armor Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And and I just feel like this this book, it makes that promise of okay, can we get their moment in the sun? Can we have Marrow yeah. be on screen long enough to be like, yeah, I'm so glad I read this book. Marrow was one of my favorite characters. And is it gonna feel like anything other than, oh, I guess she was there. We yeah, got an action panel stuff. of her fighting some Shi'ar something. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, it's not an unreadable book. It is an enjoyable story. It doesn't really go any great places. Um, And it's really hung up on the Shi'ar involvement, which is, I think, a weird place to try and tell a story about, like, 12 mutants. Because, um, again, I don't know. Over half of these characters, I don't think, have a relationship with the Shi'ar. Or maybe they do, but... No. I mean, I think some of them, you know... Like, I think maybe Boom Boom or a couple of them have been to space a couple times. But um, I don't know if they have, like, a deep relationship with, you know, the... Um, uh, with, with the, you know, the people in the Shi'ar or uh, certainly not Princess Lalandra, I don't think. 
is it Zandra? No, I I always get them mixed up. I know I shouldn't because one of them is Xavier's wife and one <laughs> is his daughter, but I, I wanna say I wanna say it's Zandra, I think. Yeah. And that and that's it. It it was a it was a fine book and it's a fun read for a one shot. And if you are really high up to see, you know, Sunspot, Cannonball, Banshee, Forge, Boom Boom, Armor, Tempo, Marrow, and Strong Guy do something, this is this is their chance. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, um, oh yeah, I, I was just going to say, it's, you know, it's kind of fun. I just, I wish it could have been a little, it could have gone, it kind of done more with the concept and maybe it would have been better in a different story. Um, though I also, if I remember right, only a couple of those X-Men are on the new, um, election that just finished up because they're doing another election. Um, and I think it's only armor from this list who gets a chance to be on the X-Men. Yes. Um, which is fair because obviously none of those people won the election last year. I'm going to, I kind of wonder that if armor is being given a second chance is because it was close. Because. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I could see that. All right. I think that's everything I have on my list for mutants. So I think we can go into, the rest of the universe. Oh God! Um, yeah, it's uh, where do where do we where do we start, um, man? Well, I'll start with some of the uh, I'll call them else worlds or alternate universe stuff, just because I think I only have like two on this list, mm. maybe three that I'm trying to think of. Um, because we had the start, uh, or we had the Wastelanders series for the last little bit. Um, which has been fun. It's been fine. I haven't like, I wouldn't say it's a game changing series, but old man, Logan, uh, old man, Hawkeye, uh, old lady, Wanda. There's been some cool stuff in there. We, you get to see like the wasteland version of daredevil and Electra, And that's, that's actually a really cute, goofy story. Um, and old man juggernaut is hilarious. Uh, did you read any of the Wastelander stuff? I have not. I had read some of um, Old Man Logan when that was coming out, and then um, Avengers of the Wasteland, um, but not any of the, uh, yeah, not any of the the spinoffs. I think no, uh, you know, Old Man Hawkeye or Old Man Quill, which actually looked pretty fun. Um, yeah, no, I just I hadn't I hadn't uh I hadn't Okay, yeah, this is just a series of one-offs in the world. Like um uh, the old man hawkeye book was one that was a, a fun time because old man hawkeye is uh he's losing yeah. his sight. Uh so he has to rely <laughs> yeah. on the teachings of old man Matt Murdoch. <laughs> um and old man Matt Murdoch rescues him from old man Juggernaut, and it's hilarious. Because Juggernaut still has his powers, but the problem is Juggernaut has, like, full arthritis of the knees, legs, hips, and shoulders. So it takes... Yeah, why the hell would... I'm like, why the hell would Chitterak still want to be bonded to this Um, last man? And so, like, he still... He gets going. um, And... But he, like, gets going a lot slower, but he's still pretty strong. And it takes him a long time. (laughs) <laughs> and it's just so yeah. funny 
And then Matt oh, sends Hawkeye on a super dangerous mission uh, that ends up essentially being like sending a love letter to Elektra. <laughs> because they're just old ninja masters and they flirt by sending people to each other's bases to infiltrate. It's like, uh, oh, it's such a goofy course. story, but it's cute and it's fun. And if you're just looking for more yeah. stuff in an in an else world, it's probably one of Marvel's better else worlds in the past little while. I know else world isn't the official title for Marvel's version of it, but I just feel like that's a really good way to explain that. It's just it's not six one six. Yeah, it's it's basically yeah. Um, and then they're longer what ifs, right? if you will. And then they started Avengers Forever. Yeah, that's um, that's been kind of cool. I don't know. How yeah, do you feel about um, it? I I like the idea of it because oh, first off, I think the thing about it that was weird is it's still very Wastelanders, um, in that yeah. like <laughs> it seems a little Mad Maxian, just like the Wasteland universe, but it's a different universe. Uh, but I like I like the sales pitch like right from the beginning, where they say, "What if Tony Stark was Ant Man?" Yeah, no, like just seeing him in that, you know, that first couple of pages just going through the caverns and stuff. I was like, this is, I don't know, this is, this is like silly and hokey enough that I can kind of get into it. And then that's when they really start getting into the, the other stuff, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Aaron's work in the Avengers forever, first two issues at the very least. Yeah, this, this seems, I, I think the reason that I was kind of willing to sign on was because even if it is kind of, you know, somewhat connected to what's going on in the uh, main Avengers story. It was, it felt distinct enough that I kind of didn't have to have to try and catch up on all that madness. I could kind of just enjoy this, you know, fun multiversal Avengers story. Um, and, um, you know, just again, just have to avoid um, some of the, the weirder stuff. Um and if it sounds like we, you know, I, I kind of clown on Jason Aaron occasionally, it's really just Avengers. I, I, I have no problem with Jason Aaron, usually. Um, I, I think he is someone that works in very specific settings. Um, and when he is in those specific settings, he has a tendency to do some, some stuff pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't dislike Jason Aaron in any way. Um, I'm not a fan of Aaron's Avengers, and, I, and I've said that before. It, it's just not working for me, and it seems yeah. to go from gimmicky event to gimmicky event. Like, because we just finished up the Phoenix War, and now we have Multiversal Man- Masters yeah. of Evil, and then somewhere in there was like Planet Red She Hulk or World War She Hulk. World, yeah, World War She Hulk, which was really the point of it was just to get Jen to a place where, you know, maybe an issue later or so she would just get back to being the normal She-Hulk because we have a new series coming up, a Disney Plus series, and, you know, you can't you can't advertise your new She-Hulk show if you have a roided out She-Hulk in your Avengers comic. Um, it's just not going to, it's not going to work because then all the people who watch the show are going to say, how come... She's like a normal lawyer in Disney Plus, but in the comics, she's like you know some roided out jock or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I don't know. World War She Hulk was whatever. Um, 
and the yeah the phoenix thing and and as well as some others really just felt like they were throwing things at the wall a lot of this run felt like it was throwing things at the wall and i think i was more willing to forgive it in the earlier parts of the run but i think after probably war of the realms was where i, I had dropped off for a while because it's just like i can't read this anymore my my brain um i thought there was some interesting stuff they're doing with like the vampires but yeah it just it just kind of devolved into craziness and madness and then when i finally jumped back in and you know maybe wanted to see if things had changed they had not mm -hmm. so um yeah yeah and i what i will say is like Jason Aaron, he wrote an amazing Doctor Strange run. He's wrote numerous runs that I can I can sell you on in a minute. Um, oh, definitely. I mean, you know that that um, I would still say that that because I think everyone you know really talks about when they talk about Punisher, they talk about Garth Ennis. So that's kind of the definitive run. But I I think Jason Aaron's Punisher Max is like I said one of those specific areas where it just works really well. Um, he seems to have like this. I, you know, I don't like to pigeonhole writers because I know they can do a lot of different genres, but I think he has a really great penchant. Like, you know, I, I was trying to put it into words because I was reading uh, another. I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent. Um, but um, I was reading another series he was doing called Southern Bastards. And I was like, what is it? What is it? Like, how do I classify this trope of characters that, that Jason Aaron does? And the only thing that I could come up with was like hard boiled badass motherfuckers <laughs> they're usually old that was the only way i could think about it because it was like it was like thor conan um um uh, uh punisher the main character in a couple of the main characters in, in southern bastards um it just like they they all just kind of have that edge to them and i was like that that seems to be like your your area of of you know like expertise i would say mm -hmm. like that that hard-boiled like down-to-earth kind of thing um and then i think once it starts to get more and more cosmic it it just like goes insane yeah absolutely and <clears throat> and i think that's a big part of you know writers have their strong suits and i'm i'm not even gonna say that the avengers isn't somewhere that Aaron could do well. I just maybe think that this run wasn't, I think this run wasn't designed for him to like flex his story muscles in the right way. I, I think he was, I think he was writing pulp super yeah. stories about cool shit. Yes, like, yeah. and I think we all, you know, get to the point where we're like, well, what if everyone fought for the Phoenix? That'd be neat. Like, yeah. Or what if the Phoenix was Thor's mother? Yeah, and so there's stuff in there, and I just don't think, I don't think this run had everything that it needs. And by the time it gets to 53 issues, I, I just don't feel like anyone could complain. If if his time on the Avengers was a 24-issue run, and it was like, eh, I think we'd all just be sitting there like, okay, cool, Jason Aaron, you know, he did an okay yeah. Avengers run, and he did a great Doctor Strange run, and he did dope Punisher run, and all of this. Maybe we just, like, put someone new on it. I think at 54 issues, though, I yeah. think we're getting to the point where it's fair to say, like, we we can wrap this up. We can put someone else on the Avengers. Yeah, I I mean, you know, I, I know writers kind of have that tendency to 
want to sometimes shoot for like the big epic, you know, the six year long story or something like that, where you have you basically a sprawling saga. Um, but yeah, sometimes you don't need that, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm in this same boat as you, if you had just, if you had done 25 solid issues, like let's not even say, you know, just kind of average, like let's say, you know, it's 25 solid issues and they were great. And then you're like, that's it. I'm done. I did everything I needed to do. I said everything I wanted to say. We're good. You could have walked away and it would have been like, oh, wow. You know, maybe it wasn't stellar, but it was solid enough that you could enjoy it. But pushing constantly, stretching things out, trying to get to that, you know, six year benchmark or that seven year benchmark. It's just it's 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 a lot. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know if I could read two more years of of this uh, Avengers run. I don't know. Maybe you could, but I, I, I don't think I could. I, I'm already at the point where like i i feel like i'll skip three issues and then i'll think okay is it is is this the day where i want to catch up and read four avengers issues and then i'll just i'll just open the most current one and go no it's not that time yeah <laughs> um uh and one of the side notes that you mentioned in there that i'm still excited for because they have been doing it all over the place is you mentioned that they they did some cool stuff with vampires sort of in and out of this. And I'm just so happy that the Marvel yeah. Universe is treating vampires as like a real thing that more superheroes should have always been caring about. Yeah, and it's yeah. pretty obvious to me that they're doing this like Blades and Avenger and vampires are a real threat because Blades getting a movie in the cinematic universe. I feel like those have to have been tied together like that yeah i'm sure that was you know the that, idea that now we can just talk about vampires in superhero comics we can have comics where captain marvel has to fight a vampire because honestly it was weird that she wouldn't have known they existed for so many years of comic books because blade used to just yeah. run this secret mission in a world filled with <laughs> aliens and scrawls and mutants and everything else people and magic but no one knew vampires existed that was the weird sell <laughs> yeah it's well i don't know it's it's such a weird thing because i feel like those kinds of um supernatural books have have been around for a while but i don't know they they never maybe maybe i'm you know speaking out of turn but i i feel like they never quite caught on in the way that People probably hoped they would because both um you know dc and marvel have like their designated vampire books dc has i vampire or did have i vampire and then marvel had tomb of dracula right around the same mm -hmm. time again it's it, me thinks it was one of those like well one of them's doing it so we gotta do it too um but I, 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 yeah, just for my money, I don't know that it ever really caught on in the way because you never really hear people talk about, oh, wow, Tomb of Dracula, my favorite book, uh, my favorite classic title. Um, and if some people do, I'm sorry that I just offended <laughs> you. Um, but usually when people talk about vampires, it's like Blade, hunts vampires, that's it. Um, or, you know, in the case of the DC Universe, occasionally you'll get a mention of I, Vampire, usually as a joke um but yeah i don't know i i hope that that what you're saying is true i hope that maybe they can kind of get their time in the forefront and they can kind of be seen as like an actual 
plot device or, or story device that people want to work with that's not just like kind of there or I mean even if you know they want to have your stories in their own like niche corner um, maybe that can still find its its audience um, even if it's not you know super connected uh, to the universe but yeah I, I don't know it just it feels like that interest has has never that large even though they've had you know a, a number of titles under yeah them. and maybe people just don't like vampires maybe that's the thing maybe 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 it's just like you know what we after after like 50 years we realized people don't care about vampires i don't think that's true but um maybe maybe comic <laughs> maybe comic fans don't care about vampires. well i i, I feel like the 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 whole thing with that has always been that uh, and and this is sort of what I was getting the feel and what I'm glad about in this newest age is I feel like for the longest time, vampire comics were deliberately pitched as a separate thing. They were still in the universe. Blade exists yes. in the Marvel universe. But for the the edgy goth kids who like vampire stories, they'll read Blade. They'll read Morbius. And everyone else who will read Spider-Man doesn't like or it was imagined that they didn't like to see any crossover there the vampire yeah yeah, the vampire fans they they just want to read exactly (laughs) and but now i think we're getting to an age where we can we can cross market this a little bit you know maybe maybe people maybe a small subset of people want to read dedicated vampire books about blade or morbius but i think turning vampires just into another one of the things that exists in the universe that anyone could be dealing with because we had Wolverine comics fighting vampires. We had Omega Red feature in there mm-hmm. with Russian vampire like machinations. <laughs> we had weird vampire crossover. We have Blade and as an Avenger and the other Avengers having to deal with vampires as small beats. Like it doesn't have to be big vampire mm-hmm. stories. Um it, I think we can get that I think we're getting closer to having that era where vampires are just another thing on the list. Sometimes they'll fight Shi'ar, sometimes they'll fight vampires. Yeah, I I mean I think it would be interesting if um and I mean again you would I think you would just need to kind of gauge how interested people would be but I I think it would be interesting at least to see you know some kind of team come in and maybe um attack the uh the beast that is vampires in a way that they're kind of doing with Eternals mm-hmm. right now, where you had Kieran Gillen and Asad Rivich come in and basically just say, like, okay, the Eternals were basically wiped off the board in, you know, the Aaron Avengers. What can we do now? How can we, you know, re-examine that dynamic for the 2020s or whatever? Um, and, you know, maybe, I mean, obviously a big movie coming out, but, you know, at the very least, you could try and look at a new dynamic. And I feel like for the Eternals, at least, it's been pretty successful so far. So, I feel like I think I like where your head is at, where you can sort of just treat them as like, you know, just a part or, or just a, you know, they're, they're kind of their own thing. And sometimes they fight vampires, sometimes they fight the Shi'ar, but they're like, you know, they, they have their own groups and organizations. I think if you just wanted to do something like that, you could have some, you know, some team come in and say like, okay, what's the landscape of vampires? How do we like structure this so that, you know, they have their own designated teams or, or, circles or whatever um maybe maybe not go full krakoa with it <laughs> where they're like on their own island but I, I feel like you could 
someone who is smarter than me could probably figure it out. Yeah, I, I just think it would be neat if when we get these like five issue series of just like a a random character where they're just picking someone up who yeah. who needs to to solve a, a battle that rather than them just do whatever they were going to do the vampires could just be on the list because i think you could enter into some really unique stories if you just did a like you know a power man five issue and in it power man has to fight vampires because that's just what's on like don't make it a gothic spooky horror vampire comic he doesn't have to be blade he doesn't have to (laughs) know all that but as a superhero in a world with vampires that's now treating vampires as just they're out there what would he do would he would he phone someone would he be like what what how do i stop them like and i think that opens up some goofiness to have those those amateur superhero type characters being like it's a vampire do do crosses work do i have to be christian for this to work how does this like (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, no, I um, I, th- I think I feel like that could be a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. I feel I feel like we should be pitching this to Marvel editorial. <laughs> we could we could do instead of instead of you know like a, a twenty ninety nine event, we can do a, a Marvel Vampires <laughs> event. Uh, same structure where we have the alpha issue, <laughs> and then we could do a million single issues with you know um, Luke Cage and Iron Fist and Daredevil and uh spider-man and maybe one for the avengers or something right just 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 pick like throw a dartboard at a character and just like oh today we're figuring out what would and (laughs) oh nightcrawler how does nightcrawler deal with a vampire outbreak (laughs) yeah so yeah marvel editorial if you're listening hit us up yeah we've got we've got a pitch outline for this um all right so speaking of just like character focused comics, I think next on my list, have you been reading the the Hawkeye Kate Bishop run? Uh, I have not caught up on the last issue, but I have been reading the first two issues. Um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I like it. I'm a big fan of Kate Bishop, and I think this is a good run for her. Um, it, it's yeah. goofy. It's her and Lucky uh, responding to an issue at sort of a resort for rich people where some strange things are happening. Uh, I like the writing. Um, I like the, the art style. I think uh, uh, Mariki, Mariki Nykamp, I think is her name. Marie. Yeah. Um, wait, hang on. I'll pull it up. It's. Um, um, uh, yes. Yeah. Mariki. Yeah. Nykamp. Yes. Again, if you're out there listening and you know how to pronounce this name and you want to correct me, please do. I would love to pronounce it correctly. Yes. Um, but yeah, she, uh, uh, Kate, she, she's well-written. Her dialogue's good. Um, the story is fun and she, uh, she gets to take a much needed vacation. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I mean, again, I know, you know, timing with the show and everything is, you know, probably why a lot of some of these moves are, are coming, her going back to New York and, sort of reconnecting with there even though she'd kind of established herself out in cali with the west coast avengers and her um hawkeye investigations uh uh headquarters um but it, I, I i don't know it's 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 fun enough where i can kind of just be like yeah it's it's just kind of nice to see her back in new york especially 
after just kind of I, I thought that that was kind of the funny part with the first issue where she'd just been they've been slumming it with like the Avengers and all the other heroes um, for so long that now she has to go back to like upper class society. <laughs> And she doesn't been there anymore, despite having grown up there. I just I thought that was funny, um, and it, it 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 feels like it makes sense. Where it's like, yeah, you've been spending time with you know, poor ass Carney Clint Bishop. You probably might have you know let your uh, your decorum slip a little bit. Poor ass Carney Clint. <laughs> yeah, poor 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 ass Carney Clint Bishop, who who ain't been raised with no manners and. Uh, <laughs> doesn't doesn't know anything about the different kinds of knives and forks that you might use at, at a nice uh setting but no it's um it's been a lot of fun and um i don't know i i hope that and it's only a mini series so um you know probably not going to get a sequel anytime soon but i i hope that they can kind of continue this i i really like the the hawkeye series they did a couple years ago with kate out in out in la um so i could get my california representation while i was living there so I can I can actually feel like there were heroes in the West Coast because they're at the time the West Coast Avengers weren't active and um, all the all the Marvel heroes are so centered around New York that it's it's always nice when they are actually like in other parts of the the U.S. sometimes or I can I can feel like I have my validation um, but yeah no this is uh it's it's been pretty cool so far so um, I don't I'm, I'm sorry I'm I'm talking a lot how did you uh, how did you feel No I really enjoyed it. Um... I don't really have any <laughs> anything else to add. No, I think that was really well said. Um, I don't know. I I, I mean, I'm, it's probably not fair for me to say as you know, someone living in the states, whereas you guys up in the up in the great white north, maybe you don't have as many heroes. Now you have Alpha Flight and a, and a couple others, <laughs> but maybe we should pet, we should we should petition Marvel for for some more uh, Canadian themed. Uh, Marvel miniseries. Uh, you could do another Alpha Flight mini. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong; that would actually be nice. But also, there's there's <laughs> a weird phenomenon that uh, that happens in Canada because you know in Canada we're we're so exposed to U.S. culture and Americans and stuff mm-hmm. that there, there's a phenomenon in Canada about celebrities, musicians, and comic book characters. Where if there's a Canadian in the room and they start talking about someone who is Canadian, that person will go, oh, they're Canadian, you know. Uh, And it's just a point of virtue. Um, Like, Canadians love talking about how, oh, yeah, this actor's Canadian or Wolverine's Canadian or... And I almost sometimes feel like, don't give us any more Canadian heroes because then we'll just never shut up. (laughs) No, maybe, maybe that should be a good thing. Like someone that's like really outspoken about it because you know there will always be that one team that has the, the Canadian because they will remind you. They will remind you about it. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I just I find it surprising because, I mean, it feels like there are so many creeps working currently that are, you know, either from or live in Canada that we, they still don't have like one, you know, de facto team that's running currently that's uh, that features all all characters from the great white north so that's what i'm saying like you gotta someone's gotta get on that and and, uh, and pitch a new alpha flight series or something right i think i think there could be a lot of fun with like a modern canadian comic i also think like <laughs> yeah. having a character who is canadian not in the traditional alpha flight ways like not that alpha flight is like stereotypically canadian 
they they've never they haven't been really like insensitive since like old Alpha Flight where we had Mounties and stuff in the comics. Um, oh God! <laughs> but you know we've because we have cities that like are like New York in terms of scale, population, size, and crime density. Like you could have you could have a Hawkeye in Vancouver. Like you don't need to have. And I understand that New York is the center of the Marvel universe. Like there's just no, there's no comics that take place in Houston. There's no comics that take place in Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, no, very, very rarely. It's like I said, it's, it's so, it's so New York focused that um, oftentimes anywhere else is just kind of blurred out. But um, I would, I would be, I would be interested to read that a, a, a Hawkeye of Toronto <laughs> or something like that. Right. Yeah. Cause like, you know, Toronto only gets minimal snowfall. Like, uh, it's not like a frozen hellscape like the parts of Canada that I live in. <laughs> you, oh, uh, it's a big city, lots of people, lots of evildoers, I'm sure. I bet you could totally have mm. a, a Hawkeye or a Daredevil prowling the streets of Toronto, and it wouldn't it wouldn't be any different than one in New York. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I feel like it'd be the perfect for, for any villains who are just looking to set up <laughs> shop. Like, they're, at this point, they're probably like, oh, man, fucking New York, like, everyone's there if i try and run any operations there you know i'm definitely gonna get shut down by one of the capes so why not just move to somewhere that they're probably not gonna suspect like a toronto or or, or, you know whatever right just a villain setting up in toronto it's like if you can make it in toronto you can make it anywhere exactly (laughs) yeah it's like if if i can't if i can't make it in la or new york i'll shoot for toronto like i should be good (laughs) um and then Alpha Flight will show up and, and beat the shit out of you, or or perhaps a, a new uh, a new street level character <laughs> based out of Toronto. Yes, the uh, the the new Canadian Daredevil, healthcare devil. Yeah, ah, <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> Just what the world needed. Um, awesome. Uh, so another character focused mini that we can talk about. I don't have a lot to say on it other than I've just been really enjoying it. Have you been up to date on uh, the thing? Um, I have not read like the last two issues actually. Um, that one kind of fell off my radar a little bit. Um, because um, really, um, it's only like four issues that are out now. Four is uh, four, three or four. I don't remember exactly. Um, I think we're on issue four. Okay, yeah, because I, I remember reading at least one and two, um, but then that one kind of like with uh, with um, Kate Bishop, I just there's going to be a period where I'm just going to kind of catch up on a lot of the miniseries just so I can be up to date. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it it's just going well. I'm not going to dive too much into it. It it keeps up its its vibe from from the very first one of being something that is so refreshingly outside of canon. Um, it's, it's like a timeless thing story. It, it's before, before his current relationships, before they uh, adopted a, a Kree and a Skrull soldier. <laughs> like it's, right. it's timeless comics, but it's still telling a powerful story um, that, you know, it's, it's got a little bit of that weirdness, a little bit of the, like, I'm not going to, they're not the mole people, but there's like mole people in this book. (laughs) 
Yeah. And and it really just goes from rocking out like with the thing and his he's going on a sort of his own journey right now and it's it's good. I'm nice. I'm liking the series. Yeah. No, I mean I, I really dug the the first two and um I was just again I was still so shocked to see that they picked up Walter Mosley of, of all people to do um you know a thing book. I feel like again it's one of those things that's just it's one of those things that's just so perfect um, um, that you would have never even thought of, but uh, but someone put it together and you're like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Um, but yeah, no, it's um, at least for the first two that I've read, I, I you know, really dug it. And uh, um, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, when I get a chance to catch up soon, I'll, uh, I'll get to enjoy it some more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess on the topic of, of you know, the five issue minis that we've been talking about, um, one that did wrap up recently, um, did you get a chance to finish Defenders? Uh, I haven't read the issue number five, but. Oh, yeah, it is. It is mayhem um, <laughs> in the best way. Um, it is. I, I won't I won't reveal because, yeah, we do get a revelation as to who the mass Raider actually is. Um I again, I I definitely did not see this one coming, but I do think it was a really clever way to tie it all full circle. Um, and it just it, again, I think what I realized when I came to the end of this was this would feel like such a waste if it was just five issues. Because reading this, it felt like you know the first part of a you could do a great story of just off the wall defender stuff um so i was i was really stoked to find out that um again this isn't really spoilers as much because it's been on news sites and everything but um 2022 apparently um they'll be bringing back the defenders presumably for a newer i hope continuing series um with likely the same creative team um Yes, it is going to be a new number one, which is <laughs> annoying as we've discussed. But uh, again, I, I was just once I got to the end of the series, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so glad they're bringing this back because it was just it was like it, it it was just one of those series that you know you feel like it needs to have more. Um, not because the story by itself is you know incomplete. The story by itself is very complete, and I, I felt like it was very tight. Um, but it just it feels like it it brings so much energy that it more to run off of because again the, the premise is fairly simple it's just like oh Anne who is trying to steal cosmic power is falling through the different iterations of the cosmos throughout um you know marvel history so they go to like the seventh cosmos or i think they start in the seventh cosmos they go to the sixth the fifth the fourth and then finally in the third um and just revealing you know how more and more abstract it gets but also how similar there are between the different types of cosmos it's just really cool and they've been able to do some really experimental i would say very kirby cosmic type of stuff that that has worked really well so um the series is it just wrapped up as of uh january i believe and they'll be putting out a trade shortly so uh, if you get a chance pick that up read it on marvel unlimited it's absolutely great um very least you know stay tuned for for what's coming next because it's it's just been such a great ride mm-hmm. yeah i'll have to finish it up i'm excited yeah um god there's been so many comics i don't know <laughs> if yeah. we need to cut ourselves off at any um, point but 
I mean, we can we can probably talk about a couple more before we uh, wrap it up um, for the uh, for the day. <laughs> I figured this would be a big one just because we're we're doing a lot of catch up. Um, but I guess on the subject of sort of like newer, crazier stuff, um, have you been keeping up with some of the? Uh, I guess I'm just gonna put them all under the same umbrella, but like the Spider titles, Venom, Amazing Spider-Man, all that stuff. Um, yeah, I think I'm up to date on Venom. I think I've read up to Venom three. Yeah. Um, and I've been enjoying that one. I I'm excited to see where it's gonna go. Um, because mm-hmm. I still feel like it's I'm waiting for it to really get there but maybe i'm just still just yeah. symbioted out and maybe maybe that's on me maybe yeah. maybe i would be more interested in this series six months from now mm. um but i'm i'm sticking with it and i'm enjoying it um yeah so because I, I don't know if it's me i don't know if it's my headspace but i'm waiting for it to really impact me it's got some cool moments between um eddie and uh his son it's like relationship with symbiotes and like how yeah. that's evolving and yeah so i'm i'm interested in for more spider-man i haven't been up to date on amazing spider-man in a little bit uh i did read the first issue of savage spider-man ah uh, i have not uh had a chance to read that one yeah, it's the direct continuation of Nonstop Spider-Man. Um, continuing the story of Spider-Man and Zemo doing what they were doing at the end of Nonstop Spider-Man. Um, it's just rebranded and... Um, like a little weirder, because it starts yeah. with... Uh, what's it called? Starts with Peter as like a gross spider mutant, and I think the whole series yeah, I, is going to look at the be about that. Yeah, I, I looked at the I looked at the preview for that, and I was like, "This is because um, I you know it'd been a while since nonstop had come out." Um, so I was just like, "What the?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. He was a, he morphed into a weird ass monster at the end of that." Hmm. And then like. Even though it's a direct continuation uh, of from nonstop Spider-Man, it is a little weird to me, like that we lost uh, Chris Bacallo. Yeah, like yes, it's still by Joe Kelly, so it's still telling the same story, but it, it feels so weird that we got five issues that I really liked of Joe Kelly and Chris Bacallo uh, telling mm. the nonstop Spider-Man story, introducing someone like Zemo as Spider-Man's opponent, which is very out of the ordinary. Um, Mm. And then Zemo's plot, like, halfway through, switches to Spider-Man becoming a gross, ugly monster. (laughs) Uh, And when that happened, we get a new artist, and I guess someone in marketing decided that we should end this story halfway through, switch the artist, and switch to yet another number one. And I I don't know how I feel about that as a pitch. Because, so, mm. confession time. I don't like looking at bugs. I, <laughs> I mean... I have a bug I, thing that grows me like you're out. you're not alone in that. 
a book about grotesque Spider-Man as a gross spider mutant. And it's like the an actual series where they're like, hey, do you want a series of Peter as a disgusting, ugly creature? And I'm like, I I have never not wanted to finish a story more than this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I do not blame you in the slightest for that. Bugs <laughs> are, are disgusting, and I'm, I'm not as grossed out by them, I think, as I used to be. Um, I don't know. I, I'd always kind of, like, been weird about, like, some of the creepier, crawlier stuff. Like, I, 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 I loved snakes as a kid. I still kind of do. Um, and, like, some of the, I guess, just, like, stranger, weirder, scalier pets that most people are just, like, get that shit away from me. Um, but I, I think at least with, you know, like, those are the ones, spiders, worms, and cockroaches especially are the, are the mm. ones where I'm like, okay, I can, I can, I can completely conceive that this is a disgusting, terrible thing that be anywhere near me. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. But um, that aside, how have things been going in the Amazing Spider-Man series? Uh, well, I'm still, I, I admittedly have not read the last two. The last one that I've read was 86. Um, so I'm, that's an, again, that's another one. I feel like I have a lot of ones that I kind of have to just catch up on. Um, but it's been solid so far. I don't know. I feel like every time it picks up steam, it just kind of hits the pause button. Like every time I'm like starting to get into it, it feels like it has to move away to a different plot point that it is just not as important or, you know, something like that, or it'll cut away. And, and it just feels like reading that week to week has been kind of tough because I feel like I never know where I want to focus. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, so it's like, uh, you know, it, it had the. Uh, now I'm gonna try and like summarize all of it. Um, it, it basically had like you know the the whole, uh, band working for Beyond and and just going on missions for them, and then all of a sudden, Ock Ock starts to show up, and then that plants seeds of doubt into Ben's mind, and he sort of just stops going on missions after that point. Um, and then of course you also have the thing with Pete where. He had been infected, you know, by the, um, uh, by the, oh God, why am I blanking on their names right now? Um, the radioactive guys from Immortal Hulk, the, the UFOs. Mm -hmm. um, and his, you know, spider sense is going crazy and that's a whole other point. So he basically has to try and figure out how to manage that, that again. Um, I think that's one of the issues that I haven't read yet where he basically just trains with, Black Cat and Captain America and learns how to be a hero again, essentially. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. Like I said, every time I feel like I'm... Oh, and of course, how could I forget the plot line where Ben finds out where... Ben finds out that his memories have been getting erased, essentially, or, or tweaked. or it, Like I said, it's just... It's a lot. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it, it, it feels like... Yeah, it, it feels like they have a lot that they want to just throw at Ben, and I wish that Maybe this is a byproduct of having a team of writers instead of just one focused writer. 
but I feel like it would have benefited them better to just have one kind of plot line that you focus on in addition to maybe some of the um, like disillusionment from uh, um, Beyond Corporation. And that would have made it like a lot more enjoyable, I think, for me at least, where it's not like constantly shifting focus and trying to, you know, move from this plot point to this plot point. It just it's it's a lot and it, it just yeah, sometimes it's just kind of hard. So every time I feel like I'm getting into it, something pulls me back out. So it's uh, it's mixed, I would say. It's it's mixed, and I don't know. I, I think there's also a part of me that kind of was asking, like, why do I even care about this? Because, you know, shortly after, I mean, probably like a couple months after this whole Ben Riley stuff had started, we literally got the announcement that Peter Parker back and that the the quote-unquote Ben Riley saga was coming to an end in like April and it was like then what was the point of this why should I even care anymore if mm -hmm. you know I know a new start is coming it just it was like terrible timing and I, I you know even if the stories had been great I wish they at least stuck with it a little bit longer so I could at least get adjusted to it but it feels like we haven't even been in it for that long and they're already getting ready to get Pete back so I don't know it just it, sometimes it's like I'm just kind of questioning whether or not this has just been a waste of time um or, you know, if there was something here. I feel like it started in a very fresh and exciting way, but this just kind of petered off into kind of a messy area. So I don't know. Yeah, it's it's mixed. And um, yeah, uh, that's 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 the state of, of, uh, of Spider-Man right now. Cool, cool. Yeah, I, I'm not caught up, so I've been I've been meaning to, but um, sorry to hear that it's. Uh, not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> yeah, it, like I said, it has its moments. So I, I don't want to, you know, shit on it entirely and say it's just terrible. But yeah, I think it it just really needed more focus. Mm hmm. Um. So speaking of, well, I just guess New York, I guess it's time we talk about the one big ongoing event that we're going to be reviewing issue five, probably in the next couple of weeks here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how have you been feeling about devil's reign? Uh, devil's reign has been a very interesting retread of civil war. Um, it's the best way to describe it. Um, I would say it's a little more palatable than civil war. It definitely is. It's taking the concept, and it, I think it's, um, I hate using this word, but it's a lot more mature about it, where it's not just like, we just want the big, badass moment, Captain America sticking his shield into a jet plane and you know, running through the helicarrier, and it's like, oh, look at all this shit, and then robotic Thor shows. It's like, you know, Civil War just felt like it just, it had moments it wanted to touch, and then it had to build the story around that, whereas this is the story built and then sometimes you get the bigger moments. Mm -hmm. And um, I think one through three have all been very effective. Um, four, at least for me, I think has been kind of the weaker one until the ending. The ending was uh, quite a quite a shocking revelation. Um, I love the ending. How that plays out. Yeah. Um, but four was I had read it, and I think literally two days later, you know, I was going through my computer. And I was like. Did I even read this issue? I don't remember anything about it. Um, and yeah, it was, I don't know. It just like 
three, one through three were working. Four was a little bit of a stumble. So I'm hoping that for me, at least five and six can wrap it up a little bit better. But I feel like that's kind of par for the course for a six issue series. You're always going to have that one that's just kind of a, a kind of a middle of the road issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one, it had the sort of obvious set piece of, you know, a bunch of the superheroes have to break out. So we we just get sort of generic action from that. Yeah, uh, I mean it's cool, like seeing you know Mister Fantastic and Invisible Woman and and um, Iron Fist and all the other guys just teaming up and, and busting out like that's cool. Like I, you know I, it, I I won't deny that, but it still feels weird to have like Mister Fantastic talk to Moon Knight and just be like, "It's okay, Moon Knight. Well, let's get going." Yeah, like t- I don't know. Maybe it's because of the Conshu event injures. Still stinging a little bit, but also that Moon Knight's just yeah. a psychopath. It feels yeah, so basically. weird for the other superheroes um, to just be like, "Come along, Mister Moon Knight!" Like, yes. <laughs> oh God. Um, I, I again, just going through the issue again and and kind of reminding myself what happened. I, I did see there was the uh, champions getting their little yeah. moment in the sun in this uh, this era of Devil's Reign going up against not really the Thunderbolts so much as is rhino who's kind of just like ah, i don't i don't want to do this i don't want to go after kids it's fucked up um but i i yeah i was i was gonna mention that at least because you know i figured they, they get their their nice little moment as uh as i'm sure you enjoyed mm-hmm. and i thought it was a really cool moment for rhino you know they're in the middle of this fight and he's like trying to like hit them with thunderbolts badges <laughs> and they're like what the hell's going on and he's like i'm on your yeah. side Fisk's asking me to do some disgusting shit, and I don't want you kids carted off by drones. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so weird, uh, and it's a cool moment for Rhino. <laughs> um, And it's a cool fight scene to have him just trying to slap ID badges on them so they don't get attacked yeah. by drones. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I guess I guess Rhino's on the, on the redemption path. I mean, I, I, I didn't really know what he's been up to lately, so... Maybe he's been on this path for a little while, but, um, but yeah, that was that was cool. Mm-hmm. And then, like the finale of this, you know. Oh yeah, that was that, that was that was the part where I was like, oh shit. That beautiful art of Kingpin in the rain. Yeah. Oh man. Um. Like I don't know. I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. It just. I mean, for me at least, it just kind of begs the question of. You know how much could he really remember using the um the cane that he has the the kind of cane infused with purple man's power you know how much could he actually bring back um to people's memory because i feel like that's you know it, obviously yeah, it's it's being used for him to remember daredevil's secret identity but i feel like that could go even a little bit deeper of you know people who maybe had their minds wiped or forgot some stuff could use the influence of the purple man to bring things out of their subconscious that they totally forgotten um i was gonna say spider-man but i don't know i you know thinking about it i'm like maybe that's a remote thing but my, my first thought was oh my god if that's possible could you you know could pete use that and and maybe try and resurrect some of those old memories of the marriage and i i don't know i just i feel like there's a lot there too as, as just a, a plot point Yeah, 
I'm excited. I want the the finale to Devil's Reign to be a big show-stopping number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think just as one, you know, final thing for, for Devil's Reign that I did enjoy, um, even if this issue was a little weaker for me, um, I really do like the, the Otto versus Kingpin angle. I think that's been kind of a cool dynamic, um, especially just seeing Otto kind of try and flex his stuff and know act like a big dog um because I, I feel like you know for all the times that Otto has tried to move on to bigger things whether it's be in the body of peter parker or you know running his own company or anything um i feel like you really ever see him go up against another you know large figure um and this was you know, like that first time that you really see Otto try and basically go toe-to-toe with kingpin which i thought was pretty cool and I, I just I, I I mean again it's it's a minor thing but I just I just love the the Fantastic Four that he's assembled because it's based on that you know that new Fantastic Four from um, Art Adams and I forget who was doing the writing of you know Wolverine Ghost Rider um, Spider Man and Hulk who I think were just the most popular characters at that time and they're just like eh, what if they were a Fantastic Four and I love Otto use that as a as a <laughs> roster to form his own superior fantastic or it's just it's a minor thing but i thought it was really funny yeah because it's like he's got like the superior wolverine superior ghost rider and superior yeah. hulk oh my god i want to see the the backstories for those guys right they they started teasing that they're doing an event called the gwen verse we're going to start getting the superior verse which is everyone is oh god. yes <laughs> oh man um yeah and i think last on my list and this is just going to be a quick touch that i just want to shout out um because we just mentioned the character the moon knight ongoing series is still paying off pretty good dividends they had a a devil's reign side issue that just sort of interrupted like the regularly scheduled broadcast but other than that i've enjoyed the series yeah Um, me too it's uh, it's been a solid one yeah, and, uh, and I think surprisingly more entertaining than I expected. Um, just not being, you know, the biggest fan or, or even having the most familiarity uh, with Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but I think they've got a good team on this one, and it's and it's working out. I'm uh, I'm glad it wasn't just a five issue run. Yeah, definitely. Uh, are there any other s- books that you want to touch on before we wrap up? We've been. Just, I mean, cutting a yeah. swath through Marvel's library. I know. Um, I mean, I guess just a couple. You know, I'm just kind of going through some of the issues that um, I have in my downloads. Um, but um, I've been keeping up with um, uh, uh, with the Captain America Iron Man series, which the reviews mm. have been pretty savage for this book. Um, I, I I actually it's surprisingly solid um and i mean the the actual artistic team behind it um angel unzeta unzueta excuse me and rochelle rosenberg both separately who i've never been the biggest fans of um both as pencilers and colors are like bringing their a game for this book like doing it in a way i've never seen before um where it like it looks good like really good um and it's been pretty solid so far. It's just like a solid team up book between these two. Um, though personally, I think the the star um, of this book is is for me the villain Veronica Gale, 
who is just like <laughs> such a such a you know sassy and sarcastic character is so done with like heroes and their bullshit and having to deal with like cap and iron man and their egos and all that stuff it's just been really entertaining so far but it's it's just like a solid series it's nothing great but um i i would think i would definitely recommend it if you're looking for like a solid team up book between these two characters um so yeah that's that's cap iron man um i've also been keeping up with uh four which has had uh varying degrees of quality over the past uh, couple months i don't know it's like i think i was pretty excited going into the god of hammers stuff but <laughs> I don't know. Like the last couple ones just haven't been doing it for me. And I just I just feel like I'm not even interested anymore. So I'm I'm questioning like because again, I, I like I'm not even the biggest fan of Thor initially. You know, I'll read it if I if I see if there's a really interesting team around it or an interesting premise. Um and I think that's how it started for me. And the art as usual and the you know, the like action scenes all that stuff is great like it's it's what you would expect but just the actual content for me is just been feeling kind of hollow so it's only a five-part story and the fourth part comes out next week and I'll probably see it to its end but um they're doing this like right before the crossover they're doing with um hulk and thor um banners of war ha 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 um uh <laughs> both of which are uh you know going to be um uh, the, the crossover is is of course written by uh by donny cates who's doing both hulk and thor um i guess that's another one we didn't mention hulk but anyway um or yeah it's i don't know like we'll see how it goes but i, I if, it, if it doesn't really pick up after god of hammers i might just kind of drop the book for a little while until it's better yeah no that's fair i uh i've fallen behind on thor um not really for any major reason it just didn't hit my uh hit my limited amount of free time yeah i hear you um and yeah hulk is uh hulk is hulk is doing its thing i still don't really know whether to say it's good or not i think the first one was interesting but the subsequent two issues had been it's like it's hard for me to even say um yeah Hmm. Um. I also am. I'm just gonna throw out uh, just from another comic that uh, I've only been partially caught up on. But Spider Woman. I just want to shout out a really silly thing that made me laugh. Uh, in issue Spider Woman 18, Carla Pacheco uh, wrote in an onomatopoeia for Spider Woman elbowing Coach Whip in the chest. Uh, and the onomatopoeia for this attack is bub, b e w w b. Yes, <laughs> I, I it, love I love weird ass onomatopoeia. And I, there were memes going around about it for a while when it first came out. And I just wanted to shout it out that it's a ridiculous, ridiculous onomatopoeia. Just to have bub as she hits her in the chest. <laughs> oh man. No, I think I think my favorite, at least recently, is from the um, 2019 Jimmy Olsen series. Batman smacks Jimmy Olsen's camera, and the automatopoeia is Chris Smacko. Chris Smacko. And, and that one, that one is just burned into my mind forever. I can send you the uh, the image of it, but it's just, like, <laughs> it's just so great. 
All right. Well, there still is no shortage of comics. Like I didn't spend any time talking about Miss Marvel Beyond the Limit, but that one's good. We didn't really talk about Hulk, and that one's going strong. Um, yeah, or um, you know, Fantastic Four is doing the Reckoning War mini. Oh yeah, that storyline going on. That's. I mean, I thought the first one was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. It really so was. Far. Yeah. Um, and then there, there's Timeless in there, too, which if yep. you're still on the Kang hype train, it's oh, yeah. happening. Oh, and, and just uh, there's one more. It's it's very brief, um, but I, oh, yeah. I did want to throw this one out. Um, from, uh, from Kelly Thompson has been pretty solid so far, but... It was a like a basically a one shot they did that was like a flashback to the eighties with the you know Frank Miller um, um, designed Black Widow costume where she fights this guy named the Living Blade, um, mm-hmm. and that was just a really really solid one shot like just perfect um, for for Black Widow for anyone who's just kind of been casually interested in the series. So I would definitely throw that out. It's Black Widow thirteen came out last month. Awesome. Yeah, well, there's there's no shortage of comic books for us to talk about, and anything that we didn't uh, didn't get around to today in our next couple episodes, I'm sure you know if when Hulk number five or six comes out, that's when we can sit down and start talking about you know how has Hulk made it through up till that point? How like mm-hmm. we'll we'll give a bit more details as we as we remember. Oh man, we didn't talk about so and so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, I think that's all we've got for today. I think so. Well, thanks Brandon for sitting here and talking comics with me for the past little while. It's my pleasure. And I I look forward to getting back to it. Um, and thank you to our listeners for hanging out with us. We hope you had a good time, uh, talking about issue number ones, vampires and everything in between that we got around here. Um, if you like our show, you can check us out on notarobotpodcast.com. We've got lots of information there, lots of different shows where we're talking about Marvel Comics, DC Comics, Marvel Movies. There's video games, uh, Pride. They, uh, they've got a new episode coming out with some really cool content there. I hope uh, if you pay attention to the rest of the network, you'll see some really cool stuff. And if you head over to buymeacoffee.com slash podcasts. You can support us financially and get access to our Discord where you'll hear more about what we've got going on there. Uh, You'll see us in the planning stages for some new shows. Um, We've got a new one coming around the corner about the uh, hit Canadian comedy show Letterkenny. Um, All kinds of fun stuff happening there. And, you know, if we're not planning something big, sometimes we're just shooting the shit about what color health potions should be and why Rob is wrong. (laughs) I'm looking forward to that one. Uh... With all that said, there's only one way we say goodbye around here. Until next time. Be good to each other. And uh, and don't be a robot. <laughs> <laughs>